Father God, I give you glory and honor and praise for this night. Lord, I thank you for this word that uh, uh, we're going to be ministering. Lord, I just thank you for your purpose in our life. Father, I thank you that we're open to hear and receive from you this night, Lord. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit rules and reigns in this place. Father, I thank you that we walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, that uh, we walk by spiritual instinct and spiritual discernment and not what we can tangibly see with our eyes, but what we can spiritually sense of you, almighty God. Even at this young age, Lord, Father, as they would want us to be confused with things of the world, even at this young age where they would have these young people, a slave to the media, a slave to social media, a slave to entertainment, a slave to video games, a slave to music, a slave to fashion. Father God, that we will only bend our knees to you and be a slave to you. Father, even at this young age, we would depend upon the spiritual insight that we have. Lord, the senses that we feel of your presence, O oh God. Father God, even at this young age, Lord, we will not allow ourselves to be tossed back and forth by the winds of this world. We will not trouble ourselves with things that don't pertain to you and your kingdom. But Father, I carve this generation out of this world. Put them on a high place so that they may be a beacon of hope in this world for you. In Jesus' name, amen. What a prayer for you guys. Ain't that good? What a prayer for you. I did not prepare that, so that was God. So when you hear something like that, what you say is, I receive it. Say, I receive it. Say, I receive it. Say one more time, I receive it. Yeah, because when God decides to intervene in a message with something like that, that's for you. That was not prepared by me. That was for you. And so just like, you know, if I were to walk in and pull out $100, I'm not going to do it, and hand it to one of y'all, I'm not going to do it, it would be up to you to receive it. You can walk around it all you want to, but until you stick your hand out and take it, it's not yours. That's good. It's not yours until you receive it. So God has something special for you. You have to receive it. Amen. Amen. We're going to be opening up a new series called Alias. Uh, this week I'm teaching. Next week Pastor Tony's teaching. I'll be closing on the following week. And uh, it's basically on the names of God. We decided to teach you guys on just different names of God. And today I'm going to be introducing the name Yahweh. Yahweh. God in all and is all. I was listening to a pastor and he said he went over to South Africa. And in South Africa he was a part of this, this village or tribe there. And um, and there, the guy who was guiding him said that this village here has a 0% divorce rate. 0% divorce rate. And so the pastor was going, okay, I've traveled all around the world. I've been to, to, to all sorts of places from Egypt to the Middle East to, to you know, Alaska and all around the world to Russia. And, and I've never been any place that has a 0% divorce rate. And the man looked at him and said, well, they have a 0% divorce rate because they have no word for divorce. They have no name for divorce. And see, and it was powerful because as I thought about the names of God, I came to the realization that whatever you name something gives it power. So the word divorce has power. 
behind it, which means two people splitting up at this, that, and the other. But if you remove the name, you remove the action behind the name. Man, this is good stuff for y'all. So we're going through the names of God because these names are synonymous with the power behind them. So when you say these names, everything that reflects, everything that's synonymous with that name shows up in the name. And you can walk out the name. That's why we know the most famous name is the name of Jesus. Amen? Because there's power in the name. So we're going to talk about the name Yahweh. Say Yahweh. Yahweh. All right. Now, the definition of the name Yahweh comes from the Strong's Concordance. It's the proper name of God of Israel. And it actually means Lord. And usually when they'll spell that name in the Old Testament, they capitalize all the letters. L-O-R-D. And actually, Yahweh now, in the Hebrew uh, actual text, when they write, there's no vowels. It's all syllables. So we added vowels to actually pronounce the different words. But if you actually take it letter for letter, there's no vowels in it. Because the breath is the vowel, and Yahweh was the name that they said was the unpronounceable name of God. You, you couldn't even, you couldn't pronounce the name. Is Lord God so high, so mighty that his name is unpronounceable? And see, what, what's so powerful is if, if you look in the New Testament when the soldiers came to get Jesus, and they said, who is he? And he, when he said, I am, he said, Yahweh, and they fell out. Man, that's a bad name. He, he said the unpronounceable name, and the soldiers fell out. They got back up, and they asked again, and he said it again, and they fell out again. Wouldn't it be bad to walk to your school and just say a name, and people fall out, get you out of a test? All right, never mind. But anyway, that's the, na- that's the unpronounceable name of God. And Moses is the first one with, who interacted with this name. In Exodus 3.15, is my clicker not working now? There it is. Exodus 3.15, God also said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Say forever. forever. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Yahweh, this is my name forever. See, a lot of times I go by Tommy, right? Or PT or Pastor Tommy. But my, my, my name is Thomas Andrew Stevenson. You see, when I was a kid, and even sometimes as an adult, no, my mama called me Tommy. She'll call me Andrew by my middle name a lot, but she called me Tommy. But there was something about when she said my full name that struck fear in me. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Y'all, you know, you can, be, you, you, you can go by your, your normal common name, but when your mom and dad says your full name, your full proper name, it brings fear and trembling to your whole body. You could be outside playing with your friends. I remember plenty of times I was outside playing with all my friends. I hear the door open. Thomas, Andrew, Stevenson, fear struck the whole block. Windows got shut. Doors slammed. Dogs got put away. Other kids ran. They didn't say they didn't. They said my name because they heard my mama when she said my full name. It meant something. 
It was beyond Tommy. It was beyond just Tom. It was Thomas Andrew Stevenson. See, when you say Yahweh, it's not just God. When you say Yahweh, it's not just the man upstairs. When you say Yahweh, it's not just the person that you, you know, oh, it's just God, it's Lord. No, no. It's the name that strikes fear in everything around it. The whole earth hears Yahweh and trembles with honor and respect. This is the name of the Lord God. Amen. The name. Now, I'm going to talk about 10 things, about uh, at least 10 things the name Yahweh I am says about God. The first one is this. He never had a beginning. Every child asks, who made God? And every wise parent says, nobody made God. God simply is and always was with no beginning. We can't fathom the idea that God just existed because we had a beginning. And we see in our, in our mind that we had an end. Now, here's what's kind of trippy about that because the scripture says that the Lord says, I knew you in the womb before you were formed. So he knew your spirit and who you were before you actually came out into this world. And when you pass away, you don't actually, your physical body passes away, but you live off in eternity with him. God has no beginning and he has no end. He is all inclusive. All right, let's go to number two. Number two, God will never end. If he did not come into being, he cannot go out of being because he is being. I know it's messing with our minds. He is being. So he cannot end. Number three, God is absolute reality. There is no reality before him. There is no reality outside of him unless he wills it and makes it. He is all that was eternally. No space, no universe, no emptiness, only God. There is no space, there is no universe, there is only God. Let's keep going. Number four, God is utterly independent. He depends on nothing to bring him into being or support him or counsel him or make him what he is. I'm trying to get you to see the vastness of your Lord. I'm trying to get you to see the expanse of who he is, the abundance, great word, of who he truly is. Number five, everything that is not God depends totally on God. Now, that messed me up. <laughs> everything that is not God is totally dependent on on God. The entire universe is utterly secondary. It came into being by God and stays into being moment by moment on God's decision to make it into being. God said, let there be light 6,000 years ago, and light is still here. He said it once. It's not like he comes in and keeps flipping the switch. He said it one time, and it continues to exist. That's why in Romans when it says that, you know, uh, uh, those who don't believe in God can see God because all of his natural attributes are right in front of them. It's like somebody says, I don't believe in God. Well, who put the sun up there? How can you not? Well, look at trees. Who, only God, so only somebody could create that. That can't, that can't just come out of anything. Something had, with intelligence, had to create that. Let's go to number six. All the universe is by comparison to God as nothing. Contingent, dependent reality is to absolute independent reality as a shadow to substance. That's scientific, it'll be okay. As an echo to a thunderclap, 
All that we are amazed by in the world and in the galaxies is compared to God as nothing. It's compared to God. See, you can look up at the sky, look up at the stars, look at the universe, and when you, you can, if you go as vast as you can, will you go, okay, that's God. But that's not God. God is beyond that. See, that is why the angels, wow, that is why the angels around the throne, all they can say, when they look at the vastness of who he is, the expanse of who he is, how wide he is, the abundance of who he is, how wise he is, the only word they can come up with is holy. And, and every time they look at him, all they can keep saying is holy, 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 holy is the Lord God on my, holy, holy. That's all they keep, holy. See, that's why when you get in the presence of God, especially when we're at camp, and you walk in there, and, and there's just like bellows of anointing coming in the place. And all, you, all we can do is just cry. And, and that's, just, that's just us on this side touching God on that side. Could you imagine when we're there face to face? All we're going to be able to say is holy. My God, we can't take it on this side. How are we going to be able to take it on that side? It's so, he's so much. And all we're getting over here is a small drop of it. Amen. Isn't that good? Amen. God is constant. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot be improved. He is not becoming anything. He is. He is. I was sharing this, uh, I was sharing this a couple of weeks ago on how to hear the voice of God. And in that, I begin to share how we look at things linear. So we see this way. We can't get to tomorrow until we get through today. We can't get to next week until we get through tomorrow. You know, we actually march in time. So we're linear this way. But God is outside of time, and he looks at us this way. And see, because of that, God's not trapped by time. God existed before time began. He created time for us. But he exists outside of time. So when he sees us, he sees past, present, and future all at the same time. And see, and God is able in his word not only to reconstruct your past once you've given it to him. He's so powerful that he, he not only can help you overcome your current conditions and situations, but by walking in faith in him, his word exists outside of our linear time. So God can actually go into our future and orchestrate our future on our current behalf. Gosh, that's good. So what God does is while we're here today, he's working on tomorrow on our behalf. Y'all need to amen that. Let me tell you. While you're praying today, God is in tomorrow preparing your for tomorrow for your today. So when you show up in what's called today, God has already been there and prepared that. And when you get there, the evidences of God being there is that you see that your prayers are answered because he answered them before you, <laughs> before you even prayed them. Look, here's an example, and I'm going to move on. This is so good. I, I love watches, right? Love watches. And uh, I've got this Invicta watch. And I went to put it on for my Sunday service, right? Went to put it on, but it was too big. It's a big old watch, huge. And so I was like, all right, well, I need a smaller watch. And really, I, need, I wanted a silver watch, right? 
And so, and the other ones are leather bands. And so I wanted a silver watch. So I'm sitting there looking at the Invicta watch, and I'm like, all right, well, I want a silver watch. I'm not going to wear it. I'll put my, my white watch on, and I'll go shopping. I'll probably get a nice Invicta, right? Now, that was on a Sunday morning. I did not know, but Brandy's father, my father-in-law, had mailed me a watch on Friday, the Friday before I'm standing there. The Friday before I'm looking at this watch. The Friday before I even said anything about wanting a watch, there was a watch on <laughs> there was a watch on the way. So I'm sitting here and I went to serve, did my service, everything else right. And Monday comes, fine. Tuesday comes, fine. Wednesday, I happen to be at Costco and I see this silver Invicta watch and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I want to buy it, but I said, nah, let me wait. I'll just wait a couple of days, all right? So Wednesday comes, Thursday, I walk in the house, Brandy says, Dad sent you a package. I said, okay, I'll open up the package. I open it up, and it's a titanium silver watch. Now, if y'all don't know anything about watches, titanium is the hardest metal. You can't scratch it. It's, it's virtually unbreakable. The watch shows up, and it's the exact type of watch I'm looking for, and it's an expensive watch. Now, I sat there looking at it, and he sent me a letter saying, I appreciate you, love you, son. I just pray blessings on you, this, that, and the other. And I sat there, and the Lord said to me this, before your prayers come to me, I've already answered them. Before we, that's why Jesus said, the, my Father in heaven knows what you need before you ask. Before we bring the request, now you got to believe that. God, I'm praying to you, but I know my, my prayers already be answered. Daniel was in the lion's den. The angel said to him, I heard your prayers the first time. I was just held up on the way. There was traffic on the way. But I heard your prayers the first time. See, God is. And we have to understand because he is, then he is there on our behalf. Man, that's good. That's good. Y'all getting good stuff. I don't know who praying. Y'all getting some good stuff. All right. Number eight, God is the absolute standard of truth and goodness and beauty. There is no law book to which he looks to know what is right. No almanac to establish facts. No guild to determine what is excellent or beautiful. He himself is the standard. Now, that's something powerful for this generation to understand. God himself is the standard of right, true, and beautiful. God does not need to be updated. He does not need to be expanded. The Bible doesn't need to be expanded. It doesn't need to be updated. It doesn't need to be put, although we have plenty of translations, it don't need to be put in common language and common terms to make it common with everything else. It, God is the standard for everything. Number nine, God does whatever he pleases, and it is always right and always beautiful and always in accord with truth. All reality that is outside of him, he created and designed and governs as the absolute reality. So he is utterly free from any constraints that don't originate from the counsel of his own will. Now, that's hard to understand in situations of tragedy. Because usually it's during those situations that we question God. When everything's great, fine and dandy, and everything's going fine, we ain't got no questions about God. But when you pray for a loved one and they still pass away, 
if God is a healer, why doesn't he heal everybody? If God heals everybody, then why does, you know, I pray for people who have amputated legs and fingers and not, why didn't those grow back? You know, why is it that he let my auntie die? Why is it that, you know, the, the baby was born stillborn? Why is it that, you know, so-and-so lost the baby? Why, why, why is all of that? Now, see, again, in our linear thinking, we can't comprehend the spiritual. But if you're stepping outside of linear thinking and looking spiritual, you know, we just cross over from one side to the next. So to God, all things are balanced. Do we understand everything on this side? No, but Paul said it best. I think in part, I know in part. I don't know the whole picture. I can't see the whole picture. We can't comprehend the whole picture. We can't understand the whole picture. If God was to show us the whole picture, it'll blow our mind. It'd probably scare us out of our mind, too. You notice when the angels show up, everybody just broke down? (laughs) Yeah, if an angel, Lord Jesus, please don't do this. If an angel showed up right now, (laughs) probably clear this place out. (laughs) We, won't, we, don't, we don't understand and can't comprehend, but God is God. I like the way Pastor Stefan says it all the time. He says, God is sovereign. We don't know. God is sovereign. And number 10, God is the most important, most valuable reality and person in the universe. He is more worthy of interest and attention and admiration and enjoyment than any other realities, including the entire universe. God is all. God in all. God is all. God in all. Yahweh, the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Do y'all like that? That was good. That was good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you that you are all and in all, that you are in us and outside of us working on our behalf. That's how powerful you are, that you can be in us and outside of us and working for us on our behalf, in our today, redeeming our past and working on our future. My God, Lord, that when we show up in tomorrow, we know it's going to be great because you're there. You've already started working things out. Before we prayed, Lord, you sent the answer on the way. Father, that your timing is impeccable and it's perfect, Lord. Father, let us adapt ourselves to you and not expect you to adapt yourself to us. Father, let us put your words in in our mouths because when we speak your words, those words exist outside of time and make things happen quickly on our behalf, Lord. Father, let these young people fall in love with the word of God. Father, that they see things happening in their life, Lord. That they walk by faith and not by sight. And that they understand that your purpose is alive today in them. We bless them and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.